Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jake Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. On this episode of Beyond the Bump, we chat to Tess Robinson, founder of Smack Bang Designs, and we chat about how she went from a career woman to a career working mama and the juggles that are involved with that, any tips she might have, and just a real chat about how to work and be a mum at the same time. Hello, Tess. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Before we get started, are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Tess. I live uh, an hour and a half south of Sydney on the south coast of New South Wales. I live here with my partner, Byron, and our almost two-year-old daughter, Dylan. And I juggle the mum life with two businesses. So my first business is Smack Bang Designs, which is a branding and creative agency based in Sydney. And the second business is one that I do with my partner. It's called Urban Growers and we do large-scale edible gardens in both commercial and residential spaces. Look at you, you multitasking queen. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> called suck for punishment, okay? <laughs> And that's exactly why I wanted to get you on, not because you're a sucker for punishment, but because we have had so many mums or mums-to-be reach out saying, you know, like, I don't want to give up my career, like, or do you have any tips for juggling things? And you definitely pop to mind straight away because I'm not saying that you make it look like a breeze, like you were pretty honest on Instagram about, you know, what the challenges are, et cetera. But we did want to have a chat about, you know, what it's like to run a business and be a mum at the same time. So thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to share those things with us. Yeah, absolutely. I've got definitely my challenges lined up for me, but always open to share them because it's like, you know, I love your podcast for this reason is it's so nice to hear what other mums go through because mm. just make it all that more easy to know you're not alone in that challenge. Totally. And even though all the challenges are so worth it, as you say, it's still sometimes when you're in the thick of a challenge, it's nice to know that you're not on your own um, and it's not because you're doing something wrong or anything like that. So Tess, T-Dog, I'm going to call you T-Dog in this episode. How, What's up? <laughs> up, girl? How long ago did you start your first business, Smack Bangs? Was that the first one? Yeah. 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 So almost 10 years ago now, I was 22 at the time, young, dumb and fearless and <laughs> just went for it. That's the perfect way to start a business, I think. And what do you do? What do we do? So we we are a branding and design agency. So what that means is essentially we work with small to large size businesses, both startups and those that are existing, and we work with them to better communicate what it is that they do to connect with the audience that they're trying to reach. So that like it spans across. I mean, branding is such a 
all-encompassing word, but we essentially create the foundations of the brand through strategy and then things like logos, color palettes, and then roll that out through a range of different collaterals. So we design websites, we shoot a lot of content, we write a lot of copy. So yeah, all the kind of like touch points that a brand has to communicate with their audience, we're kind of behind the scenes crafting those. Awesome. And have you always been pretty career driven? Um, yeah, I guess so. I, I was, yeah, I was a really good student at school. And then when I went to university, I was the world's worst student. I was like, I think I was just not interested in that style of learning. And I don't know, I I guess I was going through a rebellious phase as well. So I actually dropped out of four degrees without finishing any of them. So I'm very much like, I'm largely self-taught because I only did, you know, like first year, for a couple of degrees that were related to graphic design and Mm -hmm. what I do now. But yeah, I think I'm always, I've always been ambitious, definitely Mm. ambitious, definitely headstrong and very much like, I think my parents probably knew that I was never going to have a boss from when I was like three years old. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were never your boss. (laughs) Exactly. And now I'm seeing the repeat happen with my daughter. I was going to (laughs) say, Dill seems like she's the boss of the family. So I'm sure your mum just watches on and laughs. She absolutely does. Yeah. So funny. And have you and your partner always wanted children? Yeah, we don't. Like I... I mean, I was the girl that had a list of baby names in her phone since she was about 13, (laughs) since I had a phone. And I think because I grew up in such a beautiful family and such a tight-knit family, for me it was a a no-brainer. Like I was like, yes, that's the, the pinnacle of life to have that for me personally anyway. I understand that's not for everyone, but for me personally that was the ultimate goal. And when I'm actually, Byron and I have been together for 12 years. So I met him when I was 18 and we, we always spoke about it. Like, you know, we were never in a hurry. We were doing things with our lives and enjoying the freedom that totally. comes before kids. But yeah. yeah, it was always, it was definitely something we're excited for. And when you conceived Dill, were you, like, was she planned? Yes, I guess so. We, we, we were just kind of not, not trying. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was really exciting. I was lucky to fall pregnant pretty quickly and yeah, absolutely thrilled when we found out. And a question that a lot of working women have is like, how do you know when you're, you're ready to kind of make that switch? Such a great question. I still don't know the answer to it. Yeah. I think for me personally, because I ran, I run my own business and I started my business super early. Like when I was 22, all of my friends were kind of like, I don't know, pissing their wage up a wall, traveling around the world, just very kind of free in that sense. And for me, it was such a big sacrifice. Like I was at the studio until the early hours of the morning, almost every morning, just working my ass off, getting this business off the ground. But I think there was some kind of seed seed of knowledge planted in my subconscious that was the reason that I was able to do that is because I was like, when I get to the time when I want to have babies, I'll have staff, I'll have systems in place and I'll be able to take time off and yeah, make, make the most of that. So for me, when I had deal, I was able to take about four and a half months off, which is a lot for a business owner. Absolutely. And that's because I had, yeah, like a lot of runs on the board. I had a team of 15 and I was just able to do that. So I think, yeah, like when do you know the time is right? God, it's so hard. I think there's there's never going to be the perfect time. 
Um, it's like your, you know, your like maternal a, instincts overrun everything else and you just can't ignore it no. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly right. Your hormones start to yell at you eventually. But, yeah, I think for us it was, you know, it was great timing. Uh, I was able to take that time off and we just made it work. You just make it work, right? Yeah. I think that if you wait for everything to be right you will never have children like you're never gonna be okay great we're financially in the place we want to be especially as someone who runs their own business there's never going to be a time where you go oh this feels like a really comfortable time for me to just step on out of here and you know you're never going to seen all the countries that you want to see and yeah, I guess you do. You just have to get to the point where it's like, okay, all like, yeah, my hormones are screaming louder than the rest of those yeah. things are and I can't ignore this anymore. Yeah, definitely. And so how did you know when you were ready to go back to work? Are oh, you Jane, back at I'm work? Not ready to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm very much back at work. The So I went back when Dilly was four months old, which I thought was a good time because as you guys would know, those first four months are like, I want to say like, it's still a huge adjustment, but like your baby's pretty cruisy. Like they sleep all the time. And, you know, for me that felt right. But literally the week that I started work, she went into her four months sleep regression. Yeah, I was going to say, I couldn't imagine a worse time to return to work. (laughs) Worse time. And Dylan actually never came out of that sleep regression. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, nightmare. But, yeah, so I think in retrospect and for my next child, I'm going to definitely plan to not go back at that time, like probably push it out until at least five, five and a half months. Mm. I can, who knows what you know, what will be required of me at that point. But Mm. yeah, I found like, I've thought about this a lot because I'm like, how would I do it differently next time? And, you know, I think going back to work was such a blessing in a lot of ways as well, because I am so uh, like, I crave that mental and creative stimulation being at home with, you know, a beautiful child that didn't do a lot was kind of, it kind of sent me a bit batty. So Mm. I think, just one day a week was really good for me really good for my headspace and to feel like there was some semblance of Tess still Mm. in there somewhere but yeah I think it's it's just so hard with the business and you know like any career I guess like it's hard to strike the right balance and it Um, is hard I think with you know when you do become a mother it's a role that you've never done before so there are so many different women and mothers that need to go back to work for their own mental state as you said and some actually really enjoy just staying up staying home and you know being a full-time mum and Tess you sent you actually sent me that book The Motherhood which I've raved about so much absolutely love it if there's anyone out there I highly recommend getting it but that was a lot of career women especially in the entertainment and journalism business and so many of them like yourself had gone from you know a decade of working and kind of being you know at the top of their game knowing so much about the industry they work in and then all of a sudden they have this baby and they've never done it before and they don't know what they're doing and they found that so difficult because they're used to you know day in day out you know being relatively in control of the work they did and being looked up to in the role that they did and then all of a sudden they're spending their day covered in spew wiping bums you know like it's a big change yeah and I think you you know the word control that you just said then so it's such an important piece because 
as a business owner, like I, I guarantee every business owner has a bit of a control freak inside themselves. Yeah. That's why you create a business so that you can control the things around you. And then you have, and you know, for me personally, I'd done what like eight or so years of being at the controls of every aspect of my mm. life and navigating it exactly how I wished. And then all of a sudden I had this small human that was completely out of control. I, the, you know, me trying to control my life was just a futile effort. So it was a huge shock to the system. And for me to just have like one day a week at work where I could at least like, you know, I still had milk stain shirts and what what else comes with it, but I could at least control um, some aspect of my life. And I think that, yeah, I'm, I think now having had Dilly for almost two years, I've certainly relinquished a lot of that those control free tendencies. And I think it's, you know, it's definitely for the better, but I think that as a business owner, that comes as such a huge shock because you don't even have a boss. Yeah. Like, so when you started back at work, did you take deal with you any of the time or was that that one day a week where you said, no, 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 that's my, my time to knuckle down and then I'll come back home? I tried it a couple of times. So it's, it's also a bit tricky because my studio is an hour and a half away. So the say. first. <laughs> See ya. <Yeah. laughs> oh, the traffic's really bad today. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Um, yeah. So I, I took her with me the first few times just because it was so much easier with breastfeeding and stuff. But Dill actually didn't love the car. So it just made it such a stressful oh. day to cutting her up there and so I eventually just yeah I left her here with Byron and they were absolutely fine I hated pumping at work Mm. it was such I just I don't know I just was so not into that but yeah I mean it was it was nice to get away definitely but I as soon as I was driving home I was like oh I can't wait to see her yeah and that's (laughs) special because then you do have that you know you've had that mental break you've obviously been working so it's it's different but you do you come home with a different energy yeah and it definitely is a mental break in a way like I think because it's comfortable Mm -hmm. right like I know Mm -hmm. I know my work schedule I know how to do it and there's that there's it like whilst it's still challenging in a few ways it's it's easier than this whole new role that you're learning at home Mm -hmm. so it was like mini break and you're having adult conversations and you're (laughs) hearing about what other people are getting up to and all of that so it is it's so different yeah. And so how many days are you back there now that you're two years in? Generally, I do about three and a half days a week, but because of what the hell 2020 is. <laughs> what I the mean- hell is 2020? <laughs> what a load of shit. The nightmare that is this year. I've been working a lot. Um, so definitely throughout the COVID period, I was working uh, like well over full time. Um, I was just kind of working around the clock to ensure that, I mean, I have 15 staff and I, I don't take that responsibility lightly. So I was, ve- I was working very, very hard to just ensure that I could, you know, retain the team. Mm. And thankfully I did, but yeah, I'm starting to kind of pair back now, only just as of this week, do I feel like I can kind of pull my foot off the accelerator a little bit. But, yeah, generally like my goal is to work about three to four days a week and have Dilly on the other days. Yeah, and who looks after Dill now the days that you're working? We have a live-in nanny, which is oh, the right. ultimate thing. 
so we're quite lucky. Our house has like an upstairs downstairs. So she lives downstairs and then she works upstairs and looks after Dill four days a week. Um, and Byron and I are kind of like, I mean, at the moment we're both working from home pretty much every day, but then we kind of just share deals on those last days. Yeah. And so is she an au pair or is she a nanny? She's an au pair. She, yeah. she was a nanny. She's come to us as an au pair. And it's great. Like, I think if we had a different house set up, it might be a bit more full on, um, just having someone in your space you know, like 24-7. But for us, it's worked out so well. And we've been really lucky. We've had two two different au pairs and they've both been incredible. We've just, you know, lucked out. And I, I can imagine that in some cases it would be an absolute disaster. I can mm. see how that could happen. But for us, it's been yeah, as I said, the biggest blessing. Does she do your washing? No, does she God, do your I cooking? wish. Does she cook? She does really cooking. She cooks for Jill. Um, but we still, I mean, she she just works eight until about four. So she's primarily just looking after Dill in that time. And, you know, Dilly's at such an active age where it's, there's not much space left for anything else. Yeah. Can um, you explain so, to people if they don't know what an au pair is and how it differs from a nanny? Because I, I didn't even realise you had an au pair. So this is has opened up an yeah. interesting topic. Yes. So an au pair is obviously like they have nanny skills but they come and live with you and you pay for their board and food and then extra cash on top but it's kind of subsidized because of that food and board and yeah essentially they're a part of your family like it's you know they don't go home at night they stay with you each night they live with you they eat with you and yeah I'm really lucky that I have the studio up in Sydney so above the studio in Sydney where my team are is a one-bedroom apartment so our au pairs often have gone and stayed there most weekends Um, it's kind of the best of both worlds right like we get you know we get to have them during the week and they fit into the family really well and then she'll go up and stay in the um studio in Sydney on the weekends and then come back Monday and it's yeah it works out really well that's our great first for everyone pair, yeah it's great yeah. And our first au pair was German so she loved going up and staying in Sydney and then being with us during the week but yeah it, I, I highly recommend it if you have the space and you can kind of separate where they have their own living quarters essentially then I think it's such a brilliant setup Mm. Yeah, I think if I had a split house, I could do it, but I don't know about someone in my house. What are your thoughts? Yeah. They can't be hot, obviously. Yeah, that's <laughs> unless 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 the au pair is a male, <laughs> then that's fine. <laughs> and then they've got to be hot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a requirement. I think, yeah. I think for us it was kind of a non-negotiable. We don't have any family down here. Like my two best friends who would – absolutely die to look after Dilly on a weekly basis, live up in Byron. And yeah, we really, it was, it was a tricky situation. We really didn't have much. It sounds like a perfect, perfect and ideal solution for you guys. And it's financially a lot more affordable than a nanny. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's nice as well. Like if you find the right person, it's just, I don't know. I really, I've enjoyed having someone else in our family and I know that sounds strange, but it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about parenting. What would be the hardest part about parenting thus far? Definitely the sleep deprivation. Talk to me. If anyone knows me, they know that Dylan is just an absolute nightmare sleeper. Um, So as I said, she's two now and she still doesn't sleep through the night and 
Does she sleep yeah, in her own bed? She sleeps in her own bed. I mean, we've tried everything. So we've tried co-sleeping. We've had three different sleep consultants. I've tried like every method under oh, the shit. sun. Yeah, she's just not a sleeper. And that's okay. I've kind of surrendered to it now, but that's absolutely the hardest part of it. Just because I'm trying to, you know, like I'm such a high-powered brain usually and my work requires that of me and Mm. when you wake up in the morning and you've had you know like such few hours sleep and you're trying to solve these problems and you know use your brain in a creative and like problem solving way and there's just like no synapses firing it's the most frustrating thing ever so does she like does she go to bed at a certain time and then she just wakes up what does she actually do so she's really good at going to bed she goes to bed super easy she loves it she naps quite well during the day like she has a one and a half hour nap in the day and that's perfect but then yeah she'll wake up like last night for instance she woke up at 10 and was just um like she wasn't upset but she's just really restless and she'll cry and she'll scream out until you come in and then she was up until about 12 30 just for no good reason and then woke back up at three and I got her back to sleep super well super easily at three and then she starts her day most days at 5 36 so for someone pre-babies I used to sleep 10 or 11 hours Mm, a night yeah (laughs) that has just been like she's such an angel during the day she's super fun she's really switched on very social very engaged and just an absolute delight so it's not like she seems tired during the day it's just you guys (laughs) do you have a a do you have an animal yeah we have a dog and just, right next to me, she's snoring. Does she sleep with <laughs> Does she sleep with you all night? Yes. No, the reason I say it, I watch this thing where their child wouldn't sleep. It would they would always wake up, and they worked out that the cat would come in like multiple times and like sit on the child's like around its pillow. Yeah. And the child would wake up just crying, and they're like, "Oh, my child doesn't sleep." And they worked out when they had a camera in there that it was the cat. Oh, they kept waking up to a cat's yeah, bum yeah, big in cat, their face. stinky cat I, bum. I would be out of it now, quick smart if I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> All this time, you uh, thought they were your friend. Yeah, no, our dog sleeps in with us. Um, like a real like dog the, should. Mine do too. Or yeah, exactly. Truly, a thirty-kilo dog's like. Great to have on a bed at night. Um, but, yeah, no, Dylan, it's just I, that's that's my only qualm, right? Like I find I find parenting such a joy. I think, you know, like obviously it comes with its challenges and, mm. you know, going like that two-year-old kind of space is such a different ball game. But she, yeah, I lo- she's just the best. She's just such a good little mate and we have such a good time. But that sleep thing is just almost like it's brutal. And some days I just have to like – forget everything and just go okay today is just like survive and if you make it to the end of the day that's great and then some weeks I get onto a roll and it doesn't matter how little sleep I've had I'm in a good rhythm and I can withstand it so it's just riding that roller coaster hoping that god one day she snaps out of it what would the sleep teacher do well she's already had she'd already had the sleep teacher so she's just beyond she's just beyond beyond a consultant Yeah, my last sleep consultant, not the sleep teacher. This is hilarious. She literally, like, we'd been through, we'd been on, like, a three-month kind of, like, journey of trying to get Dylan to sleep. The last phone call, she literally just kind of mumbled under her breath, I don't know, and then hung up. (laughs) (laughs) No way. You're on your own, Kat. So that's where I'm at. 
<laughs> when are you planning on having number two? Yeah, see, if if this wasn't a situation, I reckon I'd already be pregnant. Yeah. Like, I just, it's just been such a challenge to get through life. Mm. You know what I mean? Just to keep, you know, keep the businesses afloat when you're both feeling like shit and just, yeah, just to keep all the balls in the air. But I think, you know, regardless... I feel like we don't want to leave it too long. You know, I really, I, I'd love to have another child now. Fuck, we're just trying really hard to make one that sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to be asleep when you try yeah. and make a baby? Is that the rule? <laughs> I'll try whatever, honestly. No, we will try it towards the end of this year, I'd say. And yeah, as I said, if we, I mean, if we get another one that doesn't sleep, like just get things going on. It's just smart. get that okay to sort, like do a 24-hour cycle and then you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't sleep, just make sure that Dill and the new baby at least wake up at the same times because otherwise no, if they're no. like tag-teaming wake-ups, you're <laughs> fucked, you're cooked. Yeah, my mum will have to move down here and yeah. just help me. Yeah. Do you have any tips for those days that you head into work and say you have no choice, like there's a deadline, you have to be creative, you have to get shit done and you are just so tired do you have any tips for people on how to other is it just coffee or like I was gonna say my first my first answer is coffee um you know like I think I think there's definitely a there's merit in uh, telling the people around you how shit you feel like I think you know my team like I they call me like the greatest form of contraception because I'm (laughs) constantly guys I'm really tired and I think that there's actually a lot of merit in that so when I go in even if I go into a meeting with a new client that I've never met before I'll let them know I'll say like hey I'm here I'm gonna be as present as I can but I'm just letting you know I've had very little sleep and I think getting that out in the open means that you then you don't feel like you're hiding this secret of trying Mm -hmm. to put on Mm -hmm. cover it up it just kind of it it's it like it softens the space for you to feel okay with where you're at and you just do your best and as I say like you know I I often just wake up in the morning I'm like okay what can I cancel in my schedule today like today is just about surviving and I just you know I delegate to my team or I just fucking I postpone things like nothing is that urgent that it's worth your sanity right so you know where where possible I just reallocate things reschedule if there's stuff that actually needs to be done I just have some grace with myself and go yeah it's not going to be my best work but I have no choice I Mm. I don't have a second brain that I can call on and stick it in my head this Mm. is it it's what I'm working I think it's so funny often people with work feel like they need to come in and pretend that there's like never anything else going on in their life but so often like your client may be a parent. I mean I know Nick and I had a meeting with our accountant the other day via Zoom and it was meant to be when both the girls were asleep but they've both gone to sleep early and then Poppy was deciding she didn't want to have a nap and we just said look sorry they're both here and he goes oh gosh I don't care I'm a dad I know what it's like the same thing would happen to me if I was at home right now and all of a sudden you're like oh yeah like that other person's a human too like they have other shit going on I feel like it's actually the most beautifully disarming thing as Mm. well that honesty and that it actually builds connection right because I think it just immediately breeds empathy between both you and you know whoever you're speaking to and it puts you in a really I don't know I feel like it opens the space for a better conversation in a way Mm. except for if the client turns around and goes oh I know this amazing sleep consultant and you'll be like we've been there we've done that (laughs) 
tried co-sleeping. Have you tried this? I always just go, oh, thanks Thanks for the advice. Have you tried lavender oil? (laughs) Lavender oil. Other than getting an au pair, do you have any tips to make your week, you know, a bit more efficient so that you, so that the juggle is a bit easier? Um, yeah, I guess I'm still, God, I'm still working it out because as you guys know, like your child changes mm. so often, like they need you at different times and, you know, in different intensities. But I think for me, it's kind of twofold. It's being very, very organized and having the foresight to know like what is due this week, what is, you know, my non-negotiables. But then it's also having the flexibility to wake up that day and be like, okay, that's not going to happen today because I had such a shit night's sleep or that's not going to happen today because mm. it still needs me. So it's it's twofold. It's being organised enough to be able to ensure that you're ticking off the things that you need to get done. And also within that, I only ever have one thing that's absolutely crucial to do that day. I'll never set myself up for failure and have five things that have to be done that day. That's just, it's a disaster waiting. So Mm. yeah, being really organized, planning as much as I can, but then in the same breath, each morning waking up and just going, all right, do do I need to move things around? What can I actually get done today? Yeah, that's great. I know it's an absolute luxury, but we have recently stepped up our cleaner to once a week. And I know that maybe that's not possible for everyone, but it has honestly changed my life. She only has to come here for two hours. She gets done what I get done in like 70 interrupted hours in a week. And the space is calmer. Like I swear Poppy plays better because she's not just like, there's not just crap (laughs) like it's honestly like for maybe $60 it changes my entire week yeah I need yeah and any free second I get it's not spent elbow deep in a toilet like scrubbing it you know elbow deep in a toilet oh do you not get that deep (laughs) (laughs) do you not put the snorkel on oh maybe I'm doing it wrong yeah lucky you've got to clean a bit Yeah, no, I can relate to that, Sophie. And Jade, I've listened to so many of your conversations on this podcast about having a clean house and girl, I can relate to you. It stresses me out. And weirdly, I got, I stopped my cleaner that would come every fortnight in COVID because I was like, oh, it's shit every day anyway. There's, it's just a waste. And I haven't reinstated got him back, but I feel like perhaps maybe now that Sophie's got a cleaner every week, I should have one too. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. It's part of the work contract. It is. It definitely yeah. is. All right. Yeah. I'm getting on to And that. then another <clears throat> friend of mine who she's got a two-year-old and a five-month-old, she just bought a robot vacuum cleaner and she said that has changed her life because when her babies go down for a nap together, instead of spending the whole time vacuuming, that thing just, just whizzes it. around and you she can, also, can get her work done. You can also put your baby on top of the <laughs> RoboVac and they can play on it. So it's a it's a bonus. It's, it's a, a multi-purpose. It could. You, you know what? Put a leash it. on it. You never know what it will do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. It's finding the little wins, right? And sure, soap, it's an extra $60, but that $60 for the peace of mind mm. you get, it's like, it's, and you know, like I think in my instance, and it, I'm sure it is in a lot of people's instances, time is money. Yeah. And like, I, 
often just like, okay, you know, it might feel like a lot of cash up front, but it actually wins me time where I can be earning better money or, you know, like it's just like a, it's and, an exchange of energy for more energy. Yeah. And also for the people that perhaps don't have their own business or their income's a little bit different, like you could think of it in the way of coffees, like make a coffee at home. And no, don't do coffee. We want everyone to keep buying their coffees no, well, out. You could, thanks. No, no, no. Otherwise I won't be able to afford a cleaner. <laughs> no, or, or Sophie, they could buy in bulk coffee and have it at home. Yeah. And then they could afford more time for and money for a cleaner blackboardcoffee.com yeah. I, I think about it as well like for instance like one of one of the techniques I should have mentioned when you asked me how I cope is like for me meditation and it's such a like it's such a tool for me it's almost as like incredible as coffee but I get into a headspace where I'm like oh I don't have time to meditate but the thing is like it's like 15 20 minutes and you actually score so much time yeah. in your day because you're so much more productive wow. so it's like that thing where you kind of like you sacrifice a bit now but you gain so much out of it. Well, there's some kind of quote and it's like the person who doesn't have 15 minutes for meditation is the person that needs like an hour of meditation. Do you know what I mean? Like the less time you think you have to meditate are the people who need to meditate. How do you meditate? I learned through the broad place. So it's a it's a mantra-based meditation and I very, I very much go in and out with my meditation practice, but I know when I'm not meditating. I'm, yeah. I'm stressed. I'm not a nice person. I'm stressed. But yeah, I just fit it into my work day. So I, as I said, our nanny starts at eight and I generally start work at eight, but I'll just come down into my studio and sit down and just literally it's just sitting, right? Like I think we all overcomplicate what meditation is and we're trying to like quieten our thoughts. And I don't think that that, I mean, that's not the way that I've been taught and it's just about coming back to your mantra over and over again. So I learned with the broad place, which was literally like a life-changing kind of training. But yeah, I just come down and I sit for 15, 20 minutes. I don't overcomplicate it. If I don't even like visit my mantra once during that time, that's fine too. Like I've sat still for 15, 20 minutes and that it feels so good and then you can go about your day, you've kind of like decompressed, you're ready to, you feel yeah, open and creative and ready to, mm. to approach the day. And I think so many people are scared of it because they have in their minds that when you're meditating you can't think and that's not what it is. Yeah, and then you just, get frustrated because yeah, you're it, it's not, but It's not being taken away by your thoughts. You don't have to not think. It's just you don't go with your thoughts. Yeah, you've got to train yourself to come back. Yeah. It's someone with anxiety like myself really struggles with meditation because I am so focused on trying to, you know, not think that when I think of something, I like sort of punish myself. But but it's not about not thinking. I think that's why so many people are scared of meditation because they think you can't think while you're meditating, but that's not what it is. It's just you can't get carried yeah. away with your thought. It's about letting go, right? So you have a thought that comes in, and I'll probably butcher this. Um, hopefully Jackie, my meditation teacher, is <laughs> not listening. But essentially it's like, you know, you have a thought that comes in and you you kind of treat that thought like a cloud passing in the sky. So it just oh. comes, you observe, and you go, okay, cool, that's interesting, let it go. And in in like a transcendental meditation style, which is what, you know, I essentially do, is when that cloud comes in, you go, okay, that's interesting, observe it, and then you come back to your mantra. Like in a mindfulness meditation, you come back to your breath. 
So a, yeah. a thought comes in, you can, you know, acknowledge it. You can stick with it for a while, but the, the goal is to come back to your breath. And hmm. it's, yeah, I think it's, for me personally, it's it's such an incredible tool. And I, when I'm, as I said, when I'm not using it, I know. Wow. Like I'm just, yeah, I don't sleep as well. I, I can just you do feel it? like shit. Is it, well, I, think, I feel like it would be a great thing to do before you go to bed or while you're in bed. It's great, yeah, if you exactly. have, it, it's great if you have issues with sleeping, but the only thing is I find when I do it in bed, I just fall asleep and it helps me have a really, really deep sleep. But I feel like on top of that, I should do it while I'm awake for the actual more like mindfulness oh, side of things. Whereas I often listen to like Calm or one of those apps when I'm going to bed and the guy's voice just puts me to sleep mm-hmm. straight away. So I haven't actually done meditation. I've just fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Clear Eye for a straight guy last night and he ended up putting me to sleep. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Riveting episode then, hey? Yeah, it was wild. Now, your business seems to pride itself on being pretty mum friendly. Can you tell us some of the things that you have in place to make it that way? For my staff? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's an interesting time because we, I've always had um, really flexible kind of agreements with my staff and they've they've worked from home one or two days a week for the last I don't know 18 months or something um and that's something that we implemented ages ago so when COVID came around it was pretty seamless for us we just kind of we were at the studio one day and we didn't go back to the studio the next and we had all the systems set up so they've always had that degree of flexibility you know we have pretty good I think maternity leave kind of structures we've only had three girls have babies but yeah I think it's it's pretty conducive to that I mean as a mum myself I just have so much empathy mm. and understanding for you know what they need and that the ch- your child should always be number one priority like forget about work but interestingly because of COVID I mean we went into that with a huge studio in Wallara and you know 15 staff just going to the studio four days a week and then COVID hit as I said we all just worked from home this the transition was quite seamless and in fact we have loved it so much the girls have all been so productive we've seen such great lessons from it and it's kind of transformed our business for the better thankfully Hmm. Um, I mean it hasn't come without challenges but we've decided to go fully remote from oh, this point yeah so it'll be really good and you know a part of that reason is because I have a team of all women and you know I really want to support them to be able to have what I have had you know that flexibility to be at home when your child needs you to still do work when you can manage it so I think this new you know re- fully remote office situation will certainly be yeah so appreciated when these girls get to the stage of becoming mums are you what a stoked, good boss you are are you stoked to not have the commute anymore or do you think you'll miss the commute well we're still going we're gonna do like a bit of a hybrid model so I'll still go up once a month or once every three weeks and we'll just hire beautiful spaces for yeah. us to meet together because it's like face to face yeah. like it get pretty boring and isolating just working by yourself full time so we want to have as I said, a bit of a hybrid model. And I'm really looking forward to that. I actually went up yesterday or the day before um, to the city and it was fun, you know, like you get to get out of your sweats. Mm. You get to like hang out with like, you know, these girls are like some of my best friends. I get to 
you know, go and spend the day with them. And I actually drove home on Monday afternoon on such a high. Probably because you were listening to our podcast while you're driving, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Of course. Sipping my blackboard coffee on the way home. Yeah, girl. Yes, Yes, girl. Plug it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to being able to provide them with that kind of work setup because I know for me, like, I couldn't have – maintained a nine to five job where I was required to be at the office while Dylan was, you know, like so young, it just wouldn't have worked. Mm. Yeah. Mm. With working from home and having like a mainly online kind of business, I would like any tips you have on setting boundaries. Like how do you clock on and clock off? Cause I'm shocking. Maybe you're shocking too. I don't really know. Hard. Yeah. It's super hard. And I think for me, I know that it just ebbs and flows. Like, mm. you know, the, these last few months I've just been, there's been so many demands of me from a work point of view. So, yeah, locking off has been tricky. I guess it's easy in a sense for me that it's my days are quite structured because I know I have from eight to four where I just have to, you know, that's my work zone. Dilly is taken care of. I'll go upstairs and have lunch with them. But yeah, and also my studio is downstairs as well. So there is that separation. Mm. I kind of can close the door and not see my computer. Um, but then, as I said, like a lot of the time I'll put Dill to bed, um, you know, and scoff dinner down in front of my computer. If, if it's required, yeah. I, I try my hardest not to get into bad habits because I also want to spend time with my partner and have a life outside yeah. of work. Yeah, I, I think being able to close the door is the biggest one. I think it's so important to have boundaries. My husband and I still don't even have those boundaries. Like, you know, there's times where he'll sit on the couch and he'll just be zoned in on his phone and then, you know, I won't be and I'll be like, oi, have a conversation with me. Why are you always on your phone? And then I'll go on my phone and he'll be like, oh, what are you doing on your phone? And I just think it would be a, a really good thing to say from 6 or 7 o'clock, put your phone down. And it's literally family time and pick it up maybe once before bed and then that's it. But the hard thing is when you're a parent and you're parenting all day, my and cleaning and doing every other role, my one time to do things is literally when Yumi goes down to bed. So that's when I sit down and do it. So it's just a really hard um, <clears throat> really hard time to find balance, I guess, you know, with, with, with everybody in your family. Yeah. And I think just, just doing your best, like, God, I think our modern day lives are defined by expectation and yeah. pressure and like, and then being a mum on top of that, like, it's just, it's fucking hard. So yeah. I think, yeah, for me and, you know, for both myself and Byron, it's about just being graceful it's like yeah some days I'm gonna sit here I'm gonna like look like a slob be on my phone I'm gonna look like I don't give a shit about you and maybe in that moment I don't (laughs) and then other days we're just gonna put our phones away and like light a bloody candle and have a glass of wine together and it's like it is what it is like as long as you're communicating well and you know Mm. doing what you need yourself fuck like I'm trying to release that pressure from myself because it's not healthy did you ever feel any judgment about going back to work relatively quickly? Yeah, for sure. I think as a mother you feel judgment all the time no matter what you do. Right? I think like, either way, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think for the most part I probably felt more judgment from myself than mm. anyone. It was like, 
you know, am I a bad mother for doing this? Like, should I be at home? And it was, it was really tough because obviously my business is my first date, right? So when I wasn't with my business, I felt guilty, particularly to my team for not being there with them in, you know, the day-to-day hardships. And then when I was there and I wasn't with Dill, I felt guilty to both Dill and my partner for mm. not being at home with them. So it's just like, you know, the judgment from other mothers, I was able to very much, you know, like compartmentalize. Mm. I'm, I'm learning. And I think I've always been fairly good at not caring too much about what other people think. But yeah, the judgment from myself, I'm still working through. Like, yeah, yes. It's, it's so easy to feel like you're doing both half assed, I think. Can you come up to Byron and hang out? She's up here quite often. Are you? Yeah, I'm up there all the time. As I said, my two best friends live up there. So I like... Well, you've got another two best friends now. So come on up. Let's have some lunch. Yeah, but on the judgment thing, I feel like, yeah, no matter what you do, you're going to get judgment. Someone will stop you and say, oh, what are you... Are you back at work? What do you do now? And then when you're not with your kids, they go, oh, who on earth has got your kids? And you're like, well, I can't do fucking both at exactly the same moment. It does come down and it always does come down to how you, you know, what do you say, compartmentalise everything. So, and that's the biggest thing I've found being a mother that, you know, there were days that I would think that, you know, I'd be so hard on myself for not spending time with Yumi or not doing this, but a simple change of mindset to yeah. going, you're doing so much more than just spending time with her. Yeah. You are, you know, you're doing a billion more things. I'm totally a different person. So yeah. it, it is so much of your mindset of just changing the way you think about yourself to feel good mm. about yourself. And I think you're right. It's such a good point, Jade, because I know and, you know, I'm learning it even more so is I'm a better mother when I'm fulfilled at work. Mm. And for me to go to work is building Dilly's future as well, right? Yeah. Like that, that's why I do it is so I can provide like my parents provided for me. And, you know, like I think when you, you get into that zone of that headspace where it's a bit icky and you're like, oh, I'm guilty, 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 I'm a shit person, blah, blah, blah. But then when you zoom out, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fulfilled so I can come home and be a really present mother who's happy in herself, who can be a role model for Dill. And above that, I'm providing for my family and, you know, creating a, a great life that I was blessed to have. So... One of the things that I found the hardest is I have no idea what to call my job. <laughs> like uh, as in like like I, I hate the term you know. influencer. Like I I just I will never ever. And then like, oh, I'm like the co-host of a podcast. Just like it doesn't but then I need to go, your job doesn't have to have a title to like make it a legitimate thing. Do you want to know what my title what, is? What do you say? Media communications. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. That taps off everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's so tough, isn't it? And also you don't want to be defined by it. Like, no. I don't know, it's it's a weird thing. I, I struggled so long with saying what I did. Mm. I was like, I, I found myself always saying I'm just. Yeah, yes. Just a mum or just, I just do this. It's a huge. And that's really Yeah, isn't it? Because when, mm. like, when people ask you, 
well, what do you do? Oh, I'm just a mum. Well, you're not just a mum because that comes with so many roles. Mm. So you should not ever say I'm just this. But I think that also gets put on you sometimes for other people because they go, oh, are you back at work or are you just a stay-at-home mum? Yeah, I am working yeah. at home. Very hard. <laughs> Fuck off. Much hardest role there is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's certainly, yeah, it's definitely a juggle no matter what you do, right? Like at home you're juggling, you know, like all the demands of being at home. I, I often find going to work is like a little bit of a luxury, right? Yeah, like yeah totally. It's hard, hard to be at home. That's hard work. Yeah, totally. You might have like a rostered in lunch break where you like you sit down and eat it. with both arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or go to the toilet on your own. No. Yeah. What is Sometimes that? Sometimes. Yeah. I must say that is a luxury going into the studio with like I'll often just walk in there with just my single car key and everyone's oh, like, where's wow. all this stuff? I'm like, nah, no stuff today, babe. Yeah. Not, not a phone, not a wallet, not nappies, not a child. Free. Nothing. And you're like, I need to pee now, so I'm going to go to the toilet now. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> God forbid. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with us today. You've been amazing and thanks for being so honest that it isn't just some breeze that you've just unicorned your way into. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. And I think I love what you guys are doing. And, you know, I definitely have resonated so well with all of your episodes so thank you for providing this platform for other mums like me it's oh so don't I'm gonna cry thank you for all <laughs> giving us the opportunity to talk to people and call it a job yes <laughs> <laughs> brilliant thank, no, you, right. so thank much. you so much thanks for listening to this episode of beyond the bump if you enjoyed it please subscribe and give us a review if you didn't good on you You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.